This morning, we're going to learn Jehovah Rapha. Say it with me. Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is my healer. Um, we're going to go to where it says that in Exodus chapter 15, if you want to begin to turn there. While, while you're turning there, let me give you just a little bit of history. Um, so, you know, where we're at in, in, in Scripture is that Moses was called by God to lead the Israelites out of slavery so that they could, they could, serve, they could serve God. And so he does that. God sends plagues supernaturally upon Egypt. They let the people go. Then all of a sudden, Egypt changes their mind. and They're going to say, hey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna kill these dudes. And so they're traveling. They get to the Red Sea. And, and God supernaturally parts the Red Sea. They cross over the Red Sea. And they're in the wilderness. And that's kind of where we're at. Now, you know, I'm kind of a nerd on some of these things. These are the things I like. But, you know, archaeologically... There's some history behind here. There's a lot of evidence that says Israel was there at this time. Okay, there's, a, there's plenty. And I don't know, maybe I just watched too many Indiana Jones movies. I, I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, I like these kind of things. But did you know, I had not read this until this week. I thought this was interesting. Did you know that in Sudan and in Egypt, they have found writings that refer to people in this area at this time frame as the nomads of Yahweh? Now, historically, Israel is the only people group that have ever used the name Yahweh or Jehovah, as we learned in our series. So isn't that interesting that, like, historically, that is backed up, that they were in this wilderness? And, of course, they would be nomads because they were traveling. I just thought that was interesting. I thought that was pretty good. The Bible is 100% accurate, and it is undefeated when it comes to historically accurate. You can believe that. Exodus 15, verse 22. Then Moses said to Israel, excuse me, then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Moriah, they, they could, excuse me, Mara, they could not drink the water of Mara because it was bitter. Therefore, then, therefore it was named Mara. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statue and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statues, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. This is where we get Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, your healer. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you that you are a miracle-making God that is all-powerful, almighty. I thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha. Lord, I pray as we search your scriptures and we and we discover who you are, that you would speak to every single person in this room, including me, through your Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that we would, that we would serve you and, and, and worship you in every way at the River Church. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I want you to know water can be a blessing and it can be a curse, right? You, when you don't have water, it's a problem. And when you have water where it shouldn't be, it's also a problem 
right? Anybody else experience that? It wasn't that long ago that we had a flood here at the church because water was where it wouldn't, shouldn't have been. One of the funniest memories I have with my brother, we we're, were actually just talking about it again this week. One of the funniest memories I have with my brother, so I'm five years older than my brother, and we used to share a room together. And it's in a, it was in the basement of our, of our house. And to get upstairs to the only bathroom we had, you had to walk through the laundry room and then up cement stairs and through the garage and into the house. And that's where we lived, right? So it was dark at night and it was cold during the winter. Okay? So one night, my brother comes down thinking ahead and he's got like these two, I don't know if they were half gallon or something, other things of water. He comes down and he's like, hey, I brought water down for us. So we'll have to get up tonight. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Thanks so much. Really appreciate that. And then he proceeds. He grabs this gallon of water, half a gallon of water, and he opens it up and he just gulp, 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 gulp. And he starts drinking it until it's completely empty. And I'm like, wow, that was impressive. <laughs> okay, I guess you were thirsty. And he goes, oh, yeah, I was real thirsty, real thirsty. Hey, you're going to need to go fill that up. And I said to him, why? You brought two. He said, yeah, but that one was yours. <laughs> we still laugh about that to this day, all these years later, right? See, going without water is a problem, isn't it? And if you're like the Israelites and you're in the desert, it's a big problem. It can get, de it can get deadly really quick without water. Yet just a few days prior, the Israelites, they had a water problem. They had too much water. So they were stuck behind water and had too much of it. They couldn't get across the Red Sea. And God did something miraculous. He parted the Red Sea in one of the greatest moments in human history. And the Israelites crossed on to the other side. Three days later, they can't find water. The water they found is bitter. And what do they do? They start complaining. They start, they start grumbling against Moses. And my, how do we go from zero to 60 real quick? From thankfulness to complaining, just like that, right? It's kind of our humanity, isn't it? Like three days earlier, they were up against the Red Sea and going to die by the hands of the Egyptians. And God does something miraculous. Then they can't find good water. And they don't, instead of turning to God to do the miraculous again, they start to complain. Anybody else guilty of that? I think we've all been there, right? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Why do we, why do we forget what God did and then start complaining that he couldn't do it again? Why does that happen? You guys ever thought about that? Just this week, I was listening to someone speak, and they're talking about the, the violent crimes of Chicago and what's going on and how hor horrific it is. And so there's this group in Chicago that they're, they're finished like trying to prevent it. They're like, we're, this isn't working. <laughs> like, I guess we're just going to kill people in Chicago. So they, they, they went to these gang leaders, this group of people, these, gang, these people that are leading these gangs, and they said, how about this? Can we just make an agreement? How about no violent crimes happen between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m.? That's where we're at in America, folks. We have cities in our country that are asking gangs, hey, you know, just don't be violent during certain times. That's crazy, right? It's crazy. But it's the next part that kind of got my attention a little bit. 
So as this person is talking about this and they're, and they're, and they're talking about what they're doing, like, you know, the truth is the heroes in Chicago are the churches. They're like, churches are doing everything they possibly can. They're banding together. They're trying to prevent violent crime from happening. Those are the heroes. And then they said these words. They said, the problem is the problem is too big. And the churches just can't do enough. When did we start believing that? Man, have you, have you read Hughes' history before? Revival. We've taught empires. We have, we have changed countries, communities transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. When in the world do we start believing that Chicago is too far lost? We've seen it in the past. When did we start believing that God could not do that again? I believe that there could be a day the power of God is on the river church so powerfully, maybe we're sending a church plant to Chicago. Maybe that's going to be what turns that community around for God's kingdom. Amen? When did we start believing that? When? How did that happen in the church? This is a Christian. This is somebody that believes in Jesus saying these words. Doesn't take long for us to forget what God can do because it doesn't take long to forget what God has done. Let me say that again because this is our... This is what we do as, as Christians sometimes. It doesn't take long for us to forget what God can do because it doesn't take long to forget what God has done. And that's what happens. We forget what he's done and then we don't believe him for what he could do in the future. Right? I have three, three points for you this morning about this scripture, about Jehovah Rapha that I want to show. Show you how God shows up and heals in our life. Changes our circumstances around. The first one is in Exodus 15, 25. It says, And he cried to the Lord, he being Moses, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into water, and the water became sweet. Now, I would never claim to be the smartest person in the world at all, in any means, right? Like, when it comes to science, I'm not that guy. However, my wife and I, we have a Brita filter at our house, sits inside the refrigerator, okay? And I went and I looked, looked inside this thing. And I saw no sticks in there filtering this water. None whatsoever. When have you ever heard of water being filtered because of a stick or a lock? I, only this one time, right? This is it. I mean, most of you probably have a filtering system of some kind in your house for water. They didn't do that with a stick, right? That you don't go out in the yard and run water over a stick and expect it to be clean water afterwards. Maybe it's even dirtier, right? So I want to propose to you that the stick was not what made the water clean, but it was an act of faith. It was Moses saying, I believe God, and I'm going to throw this in there. He showed me, he told me to do it, and the water was clean. It was an act of faith. Faith will often be evident because of action. Let me say that again because it's important. A lot of people will say they have faith, but there's no action behind it. Faith will often be evident because of action. Simply put, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. Right? You can't stay in the boat and still walk on water. It doesn't work that way. And if you don't think faith plays a role in, a role in God doing the miraculous, this is what I want you to do. Go through the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Take a highlighter. And every time it says, because of their faith, or their faith was, and God did the miraculous, highlight that. 
And you will have four books that are highlighted a lot. Because God works through faith. Let me, let me just give you one of those times in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, it says this. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought him a paralytic, lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, so everything that's about to happen is a result of their faith, right? What was their faith? What was the step they took? They brought him, believing Jesus was going to do something, right? Verse 2, he said to the paralytic, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, this man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and walk? Why were their sins forgiven? Because of their faith, right? We are saved by faith. That's important. We have to remember that. We're going to talk a lot about that in the elementary series. Verse 6. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on, all, on earth to forgive sins, he then said to the paralytic, Rise up, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. It, it took the same amount of faith for forgiveness as it did for him to walk, didn't it? Did you guys catch that in this? It, take, it took the exact same faith to have their sins forgiven as it did for him to get up and start walking. Because the kingdom of God is all about faith. It's all centered around faith. Listen to what the, Hebrew writers, the writer of Hebrews said. Hebrews 11, verse 6, one of my favorite verses. And without faith, it is impossible it's impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. You cannot please God without faith. There's no, no amount of things you can do. There's no amount of, 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 of thoughts you can have, worship songs you can sing. There is no amount of anything you can do to please God except through faith. That's it. That's it. You cannot draw close to God without faith. It doesn't work that way. And faith will become evident because of action. Because of action. It wasn't the stick that caused the water to be cleansed. It was this act of faith that Moses did. Throwing this log in, and the water became clean. And when you put your faith in Jesus, those things that are diseased and polluted become beautiful and become pure. Let me say that again. When you put your faith in Jesus, those things that are diseased and polluted become beautiful and pure. Amen. Yes, let's, yes. I need a breath. <laughs> Got a little excited on that one. <laughs> the next point I have for you this morning is that God can heal at any moment. You need to know that. He can turn your circumstances around at any moment. But sometimes you are tested. Sometimes you are tested. He tells us this in verse 25. He says, there he tested them. This week, go back and read about the parting of the Red Sea in chapter 14. God just does it. He just does it. 
Boom, there it is. Walk across. There you go. You can have it. Then three days in a wilderness without water. And it was a testing. And it's easy to sit around here and look at the Israelites and know, oh, they didn't do very well sometimes. But y'all know you get tested too, right? I get tested. You get tested. Everybody gets tested. It's just a part of our walk with God. It's how it works. If God has ever done anything miraculous in your life, give me an amen. Amen. Yes, right? If you're here this morning and you are saved, you should give me an amen because? Yes, our sins are forgiven. Our faith has allowed us to walk close to God. And then how many of you people that just said amen have ever walked in a bitter season of their life? Yeah, a lot of us, right? As Jesus-following, Jesus-loving Christians, we've walked in a bitter season of our life. And, and sometimes that is the te- testing of the Lord, right? See, what happens is sometimes we start blaming the devil. We start blaming the devil, and sometimes rightfully so. We start calling the devil a liar, start praying against him. And the truth is, it was God that read you, led you through the Red Sea. It was God that put you in the wilderness. It was God that brought you to this place. And the devil had very little to do to it, with it. And you're sitting there, no water, and the water is bitter, and the devil had very little to do. It's a time of testing. Or they grumble against Moses, right? And how many of us are guilty of this? We're in a bitter season, a dry season of our life. And the next thing you know, well, pastor could just preach a little better. I could have probably got something out of it. Right? Come on, let's be honest, you know. Or if they had not done that to me, I wouldn't be in this position. And we start blaming other people like the Israelites did to Moses. When the truth is, God put you in that wilderness in a time of testing. And you might be walking through the test right now. You might be experiencing that test right now. And here's the test. Will you remember what God did in the past and believe him for your miracle today? Will you remember what God did in the past Believe him for your miracle today. The test you are facing today is a test for your future, right? So for most of us that have read through Exodus, we have this understanding that the Israelites were tested and failed miserably, right? That they were supposed to enter the promised land. That was God's purpose for their life. But, but they couldn't pass the simple test of faith. Right? So why in the world does God, would God take them and say, now you're going to go fight? Now you're going to need some serious faith. You're going to go into a land of giants. You're going you're to take the land from them. You're going to destroy all the idol worshipers. And you're going to take what I promised you. That's a big step of faith when you can't even pass the little one. Like I need some water. Without complaining. Everything in your life is preparation for what God has for you in the future. You've got to know that. The test you face today is preparation for what he has for you tomorrow. And we have to be faithful in those things. Jesus said in Luke Luke 16 verse 10, he says, One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. Much. Everything in your life, the bitter waters you're experiencing, the dry season is always preparation for what he's moving you into in the future. 
Will you still believe him for that miracle? Even when you don't see it immediately. And it doesn't happen right away. Or will you even ask him for it? Even though you've seen it in the past. The next, the next aspect I have for you this morning is that God, that, excuse me, Jehovah Rapha rewards obedience. He reward, rewards obedience. Verse 26 of our scripture says this. Saying, if you will dil- diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is, which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statues. I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. It is possible that you are experiencing a season of bitterness and a season of dryness because of sin in your life. It, it is very, very possible that is going on. Some of us are going through problems because we have the same lifestyle of unsaved and unbelieving people. Let me say that again. Some of us are going through a season of bitterness because we have the same lifestyle as unsaved and unbelieving people. And God does not reward that. How many of you have ever been to a doctor? A few of you. Yeah, I've been a couple times, right? A couple times. I uh, one time had an infection. It was causing me all kinds of issues. I couldn't sleep in pain. And so I go to the doctor and he diagnoses me within minutes. He's like, I got you figured out. Don't worry about it. Let me write you a prescription for this antibiotic. So I take this antibiotic and I go three days into it and I'm feeling fantastic. Like awesome. Stop taking my antibiotic. And two months later, I go back to the doctor. I'm like, doc, it didn't work. I'm, I'm back to not sleeping, back to being in pain. I don't feel good. What happened? And he looks me dead in the eyes and says, how long did you take that antibiotic for? Three days. That's your problem because I wrote you a prescription for three weeks. Now, I can't blame the doctor, can I? He wrote me the prescription that I needed. He told me how to get better. It would be silly if I turned around and said, well, this is your fault. We can't do that with God either. He wrote you the prescription. He said, hey, this is how you live your life. These are the things you do. And then we turn around and we're disobedient and we wonder why it gets messy. We wonder why things happen, right? And sometimes it is our own fault. We do things like we take our car to the car wash, right? And it comes out clean. We take our clothes to the wash machine, it comes out clean. It comes out good, smells good. We, we do things like we go get a haircut and our hair looks good and it comes out clean and And then we do things like we don't obey God and we wonder why we're a mess. Don't blame God when you're not living by his standards and doing the things that he's called you to do by the Holy Spirit. We can't do that. Don't turn and blame God in those situations. Allow Jehovah Rapha to show up in your life. Allow him to show up and transform those bitter waters. Faith. You need some faith. It's going to be a time of testing. That's, no, that's the normal Christian life. I would love to stand up here and tell you right now, everything is always flowers and sunshine. That is so far from the truth, right? Faith, testing, obedience. And sometimes, it's, you know, there's the, the obvious things that we shouldn't do. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak to us and say, hey, go and do this. And then we don't. 
And we wonder why our life is a mess. We wonder what happened. Faith, testing, obedience. So we've talked about Jehovah Rapha showing up and how God heals. And I, and I want to address that, but I think it's important as we're closing. You know, there is a lot of churches that are out there, a lot of pastors that would tell you, God doesn't heal today. Right? And then as equally as common, or maybe even more common, there are a lot of churches out there, and this oftentimes frustrates me, because there's a lot of Pentecostal, faith-believing, God heals people that attend these churches. It frustrates me to no end. They would say, oh yeah, of course God heals. Absolutely. He heals. Pretty rarely. Every once in a while. Mostly in the unreached countries. Maybe every so often God will come down and he'll heal somebody. And then we wonder why well, there's no healing that, hap- that happens, right? We, that happens often. And I, I just want to address this because I think it's so important. God still heals today. He still heals today. He's the miracle working God today. Right? I've experienced this in my life. I've seen this happen. A number of years ago, a number of years ago, um, there was a, a time where Ezekiel started having seizures. Our little Ezekiel, seven years old, we adopted him from China. He started having seizures. We were at Silverwood, and Tracy and I would have never known that he was having seizures because they were so fast. But my sister, who works at neurology in KMC, we were out at Silverwood, and afterwards she pulled us aside and like, you know Ezekiel's having seizures, right? And so they weren't the dramatic ones, but he would flutter his eyes, and then he would forget where he's at. That was, that was pretty common. So, of course, we're like, oh, <laughs> let's get him in and get him in right away. So we go and see a doctor at KMC. They do some scans on his brain. And they're like, hey, so these scans aren't extensive enough, but we need to, we need, you guys need to get him tested and, and more extensively. Something's wrong. Like, there's seizures, but there's also other things going on with him. But we're in the middle of COVID. Doctors were backed up. Couldn't get him in right away. It wasn't serious enough for them to, to see him right away. So we waited a long time to get him in to get the scan that he needed. In the meantime, there was a Sunday right afterwards that we brought him before the church in Kellogg, and we prayed for him. Right after the service, we brought him forward. We prayed for him. We, had, we prayed multiple times. Multiple people prayed for him. From that moment on, Ezekiel has never had another seizure. Amen? Yes. So we go and we get his brain scanned. And, and I, think, I think it was Sacred Heart. Do you remember? I think it was Sacred Heart, right? Yep, okay. Sacred Heart. Get his brain scanned. I meet with this doctor back in Coeur d'Alene. And he's like, no concerns. There's nothing wrong. And then he's kind of like, you know, if I was betting, I wonder if KMC sent you the wrong scans and the wrong report. And I said, well, actually, let me tell you. (laughs) And I got an opportunity to tell that doctor that we prayed for Ezekiel. And since that moment, he has never had another seizure. Because God still heals today. Amen? He still heals today. He is still our miracle-making Jehovah Rapha. He is a God that heals today. The worship team wants to come forward. I don't know what you're going through this morning. There's a chance that there's at least one person in this room that's in a bitter, dry season. I don't know what what you're struggling with. 
You know, and, and, and I'm not a pastor that's going to hide behind the bush, right? I don't necessarily the, understand it theologically, but I don't understand why Ezekiel is supernaturally healed, supernaturally healed, and I have a little sister that I had prayed for many times. Decades later, she still is, has seizures. Right Amen. I don't understand all of it. I don't get it. But I know that God still wants to show up and do the miraculous. Y'all know I didn't read the last verse of our scripture? How come y'all didn't call me out on that? Come on. Come on. The last verse of our scripture. Let me, let me read it to you. Everybody say, all's well that ends well. Now I gotta, now I gotta find it. Yeah, now I gotta find it. Now I gotta go back. My bad. Sorry. Should have had that ready. Verse 27. My goodness. Okay, verse 27. Then they came to Elam. So they came to Elam, the place that God brought them, after the bitter waters, where they were, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees that encamped there by the water. You might be walking through a bitter season right now. You might be having a dry season, a difficult time, but I want you to know God's got a good spring waiting for you. You might be in a time of testing. You might be in a time of growing your faith. You might need to be obedient to Jesus. But at the end of the day, Elam happens. And eventually we are all healed in heaven. But that healing can happen right now. Your circumstances can turn around right now. God still shows up in people's lives. Amen? I'm going to ask the worship team, to, or excuse me, the prayer team to come forward. And if you are in a bitter season of your life, if you need to see your Elam, Maybe you need a physical healing. I want to tell you, these three people right here, they believe God heals today. They have faith that God heals today. Maybe you need to see your Elam. Maybe you need God to move you into your, to your Elam. I want to encourage you this morning as we're singing our last song and we're going into a time of worship, but you're dismissed after I walk off the stage at any time, but we're going to continue worship. I want to encourage you to come up and pray here at the altar. With the, with the prayer team for God to bring you to your Elam to the next thing that he has for your life. Amen? Amen? God, I pray right now that you would show up and be our Jehovah Rapha. Lord, I, we pray for the miraculous, Lord. We pray for the Elam, Lord. Bring us to the place where abundant water flows, Lord. Out of a well of, uh, uh, that, Lord, we believe you're going to bring us to, Lord, abundant life. That's, that living water is going to flow from us so powerfully that other people are going to desire to come and be saved and to know the same God that we serve, Lord. We believe that you were with Israel and did the miraculous. We believe that you will do the same today. And Lord, I pray move on everybody's life in this room. In Jesus' name, amen.